All right, this is February 6, 2022, and our lesson 10 under the unit Supernatural Realm, God to the Rescue is the name of the lesson today. And we're going, we've taken prayer requests, and I'm going to ask Sherry if she will lead us in prayer. Lord, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today humble and and at your mercy father we know that you have all power over all things your word tells us that and we have to lean on that father help us to lean on that help us to know that is true and lord i pray for all these uh needs that are going forth dear god and father i just ask you to put your hand upon all these needs you know exactly what is needed and you know the hurt and the pain that people are going through. And you know the anticipation that we all uh, are going through. And Father, I, I ask you to have mercy upon the situations. And Lord, put place your hand upon us all. Father, I thank you for this day because this is the day that we gather together and praise your name. And we remember you. It's like a memorial. Every Sunday is like a memorial, Father, that we remember you and all your what and all that you have done for us. And Father, we thank you for that and we love you for that. And we need you, Father, every single day, every moment we need you. Thank you for uh, the service today. Thank you for each person that is uh, uh, doing a part in this church to make this the body of Christ. So I give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, I pray these things, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sherry. So as I mentioned, we're looking at Lesson 10 today, God to the Rescue. And really, that's the way it's been since Genesis. He's been trying to rescue us. and uh, But this was a special deal with King Hezekiah, when he was surrounded with um, uh, the Assyrians' army, 185,000 plus, because we know there was a little bit more than 185,000 because there was some survivors that when they woke up that morning, they found all the rest were dead. And uh, so anyway, uh, our key verse is 2 Kings 19.35, where it says, The angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore, which is, uh, of course, eighty, and five thousand. And when they arose early, that is the survivors, uh, in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. Because if you just read that like it's written, you'd think, but there was a resurrection somewhere because <laughs> uh, someone rose early. Um, but uh, we can see what a powerful 
God we serve and how powerful the angels are, that one angel could take out 185,000. I think I saw in the news this week that uh, Russia has about 110,000 troops on the border around uh, Ukraine. So that's nothing that God couldn't take care of, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, our central truth is because of God's awesome power, the Christian does not need to fear the enemy. Uh, our introduction talks about that most people do enjoy underdog stories, such as stories of a sports team from a small, unlikely school that manages to win a victory over a large, seemingly unbeatable opponent. We see that that happened in uh, football recently concerning the super, um, what do they call it, the Super Bowl. <laughs> I got it now. Uh, so some of these uh, teams that you wouldn't think would be in the Super Bowl managed to get in the Super Bowl because uh, they are able to uh, overcome of the more popular ones. So today's study finds the people of Judah hopelessly outmatched by the enemy, but God himself intervened in a supernatural way to bring his people the victory. And we know that God's love for his wayward people is demonstrated in the events of these chapters that we're going to be looking at, uh, 2 Kings uh, 18 through 19 uh, also. Uh, the events there followed decades of spiritual decay that was in Judah. King Uzziah, he was a good king, ruled in the first half of the 8th century because he did what was right in God's eyes, although he did not tear down the pagan shrines. But then his grandson, Ahaz, he thoroughly turned his back on God and even made Judah to pay tribute to Assyria. And tribute, of course, was a payment from one nation to another as a sign of submission or a plea for protection. And Ahaz died, and then his young son, Hezekiah, came to the throne. And King Hezekiah led the nation into a revival. But this revival faded and many of the people returned to their sinful ways, which would ultimately lead to God allowing King Sennacherib of Assyria to attack Judah. So uh, that's kind of a background and introduction. So we're going to get into the word here. Uh, the first reference is 2 Kings 18, 17 through 27. We're going to, there's things different. Uh, we're going to let Brother Mickey read that. 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 27. The king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabbishsayer and Rabbishsayer from Lachish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up, and some came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, come up, 
they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of Fuller's Field. When they had called to the king, there came out them to them Elakim and his son Hilkiah, which was of the house of Hol and Shebna, the scribe, and Jonah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And Rabbishaki said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now of whom dost thou trust, that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, or which, on which a man lean. It will go into his hand and pierce it, so is Pharaoh king of Egypt unto all that trust on him. But if I say unto me, if you say unto me, you trust in Lord our God, is not he that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away, and hath said to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now therefore, I pray thee, give pledges to my Lord, the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen. I am now come to w- come up without the Lord against this, this place to destroy it. The Lord said to me, Go up against the land and de- destroy it. Then said Elohim, the, the son of Helekiah, and Shebaniah, and Jonah, uh, to Rabbishikiah, speak, I pray to thee, Thy servants in Syria, Syrian Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jews' language, in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabbi Shaken said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master, and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sat on the wall? that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we see this is the siege that is happening there with uh, Sennacherib and his... uh, probably generals or anyway a, a spokesman for him, this Rabshakeh. And uh, so uh, we find that it, it mentioned the fact that uh, Hezekiah cut off the gold. No, uh, you didn't read that. Sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, going back, Concerning Hezekiah, in the 18th chapter, in the first verse, it mentioned that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, 
king of Judah, began to reign when he was just 25 years old. And uh, he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai. She got a, a easy name. <laughs> the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. And it's interesting in the fifth verse it said concerning Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any, of course, that were before him. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. So the Lord was with him, and he prospered with whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. So this is what angered the king of Assyria to send troops down to uh, Jerusalem, to cease Jerusalem. And uh, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, so that would make him about 39, did Sennacherib then, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah said to the king of Assyria, I have offended, return from me that which thou puttest on me, will I hear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And so he, he said, well, uh, you'll pay me something, then I'll leave you alone. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord. That wasn't very good. And in the treasures of the king's home. And even Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. You, you can't appease the enemy, you know. He, he tried to appease the enemy by paying them off and getting uh, his favor, but they just want more. And so uh, finally Hezekiah, of course, cut that off, that tribute, and so that angered the king, and he, he sent his troops down there to take Hezekiah. Right. Ahaz did that, yeah. And Ahaz, of course, was the father of Hezekiah. And now he comes back and says, I want more. And that's just like today's society. When the people are blackmailing people, you give them a little bit, they're going to come back right. and more and more. And yeah, we, we've seen that happen in Israel, you know, with Israel giving up this land and that land, but they're still being bombarded by rockets and things uh, where they were trying to make concession and appeasement 
And uh, of course that happened with Hitler, we know in history where, where they, um, they uh, tried to keep him from invading their lands and, and gave him uh, what he asked for, but he still uh, invaded. Give him an inch, he'll take a mile. The flesh is never satisfied. That's true, you too. Can't right. You can't quench it. You've got to right. not feed it. Right. Yeah. And especially if they didn't sought the Lord first, you know. They just tried to work it out their own way, the that, human that's way. That's why Hezekiah told the, the guys he sent out there to meet with him. He said, don't say anything. Just be quiet. Just hear what they're going to say. Right. And that's what our problem is. When the enemy comes, we try to back talk to him instead of just being quiet and then go to the Lord and ask, ask for guidance and direction mm-hmm. like Hezekiah did. Right. Yeah, we can learn a lot from this lesson about how to deal with the enemy. That uh, One thing we know that the enemy is a liar. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that he's a liar and the father of lies. And we see these lies that that Rabshakeh is saying, you know, that they said that uh, no God was able to help them as they invaded Israel earlier, you know, and took Israel captive, and now they were coming after Judah, and uh, so they said that there was no God in all these lands that he mentions that was able to deliver them, because they weren't God. (laughs) They were idols, and uh, they were not gods. And so you, you see some more fake news there, as uh, we've heard that saying, uh, where, the, uh, where he was saying that uh, God was angry with, with Judah, you know, and, and with, with Hezekiah for tearing down his altars. Hezekiah didn't tear down God's altars. He was tearing down the idol altars. And, and uh, so you could see where that was a lie. And uh, so he, uh, uh, they even lied in saying that God told them to, to go destroy Israel or go destroy the land. God didn't tell them to do that. He might have sent them as a punishment to try to wake up Judah, you know, because we know that that even uh, worldly leaders and so forth are still servants in God's hands, and and He He works with them to help wake up people to their need of God, and so anyway, we see that that was a lie, you know, that God didn't tell him to go destroy the land or destroy Israel or Judah and so anyway uh, in 33 to 36 that's just a few verses there let me read that Uh, until I come and take you away to a land that your that your own land like your own land a land of corn and wine a land of bread and vineyards a land of oil olives and honey 
that ye may live and not die. So hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods? They weren't gods. They weren't the true God of Hamath and Arpad. And, and he lists all these different nations that, that were able to be conquered by uh, Sennacherib. And so he said in 35, Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of mine hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? But the people, like Brother Mickey pointed out, held their peace because that's what the king had commanded them, to answer him not. Then came Eliakim. No, stops there. 36. All right, now we have a, a where Hezekiah turns to God for help. In the 19th chapter, in verses... One through four. Uh, Sherry, you have that. Okay. All righty. When, when King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. He sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, uh, Shebna, the secretary and leading priest, all wearing sackcloth, to the, pro to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, And they told him, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. As when children come to the moment of birth and there's no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field commander, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God. And that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, pray for the remnant that still survives. All right. So we see that um, Hezekiah humbled himself and put on sackcloth and before went into the temple of the Lord, even though he was king of Judah. He humbled himself and and came before God because he knew that he needed God's help. He, and uh, also there was a prophet in the land, Isaiah, that uh, was a man of God. And so he wanted to send message. Uh, he did send message to Isaiah, the prophet, about the trouble that they're in. And, of course, uh, Jerusalem was being sieged, you know, so they were surrounded uh, I was thinking of the song that they sing out there sometimes about this is how I fight my battles and it talks about I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you and, and uh, that's what we have to realize like we studied last Sunday that uh, Elisha's servant you know said we're surrounded what are we going to do and so the prophet Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And so then he saw that he was surrounded by chariots of fire and angels. And, and there was more 
for them than against them. And uh, so this is kind of the same thing that uh, Hezekiah was looking at how that they were being surrounded by Sennacherib, but he needed to realize that God was surrounding Sennacherib. And also it kind of reminds us of Goliath and David, you know, and how that Goliath cursed the God of Israel. And, and when you uh, blame God for something he did not do, that's blasphemy. And so he was talking blasphemy Goliath was and so David corrected um, Goliath and and said that um, you have come against God Almighty and uh, you're you are going to be defeated this day for God is going to give you into my hand and uh, so um, but he was doing about the same thing that Sennacherib and his men were doing, you know, of, of uh, cursing and blaspheming God of Israel because he knew these other gods were defeated. And so he figured he'd defeat the God of, of Israel as well. But um, we see that the servant came to Isaiah, as she read there, and... Uh, then in 5 through 19, who'd like to read that? 5 through 19. Kay, do you have that? <laughs> 19, 5 through 19. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed, blasphemed me. Listen, I am going to put such a spirit in him that when he hears a certain report, he will return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. When the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachish, he withdrew and found the king fighting against Libna. Then Sennacherib received a report that Terhaka the Cusite king of Egypt, was marching out to fight against him. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah with this word, Say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, Do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says, Jerusalem will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Surely you have heard that the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely, and will you be delivered? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my forefathers deliver them? The gods of Gazan, Haran, Rizif, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Seraphim, or of Hena, or Iba, Ivna? Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. 
It is true, O Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods but only wood and stone, fashioned by men's hands. Now, O Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. So besides them calling out to the Israelites on the wall and so forth, uh, they write a nasty letter and send it to the king. And um, so the uh, so what Hezekiah did, he took it, took the letter into the temple, laid it on the altar or someplace, and said, "Read this, Lord," <laughs> you know, and. Uh, because he said, open your eyes and see. So he was talking about that letter. And also hear the words of Sennacherib, which uh, has sent him to reproach the living God. So he said, it's true that they destroyed all these other gods, but they weren't really God. They were just idols. We serve the true almighty God, because almighty God response we'll see in this section and um, so uh, if you get a a bill you can't pay or something like that take it to the Lord and say Lord you see they're threatening me that I need to pay this you know and and uh, he knows about it but it's good to uh, claim it, you know, in, in a way of, of, of reminding God that you need help. And so Hezekiah said that, that he needed help. And uh, so after he did that, well, it's going to skip 32. Okay, I, I, I like this part. It says, after he prayed, Isaiah then sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And this is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. And um, so he's, uh, in 22 it says, Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou <coughs> excuse me, exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel? So this is Isaiah sending this word to him. <coughs> By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord, and hast said with the multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of the mountain to the sides of Lebanon and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof and choice fir trees I have digged and drunk strange waters with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of the besieged places hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it and of the ancient times that I have formed it. 
Now I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay waste fence cities and so forth, ruinous heats, and um, so that was quite a message that Isaiah sent back to him. Uh, I guess he wasn't able to get right into the palace with it being all shut up with the seeds, but he did send the message to him. And uh, so now we come to uh, 32 through 37, um, Sister Alyssa. Second Kings chapter 19, verses 32 through 37 reads, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come unto this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend the city to save it, for thine own sake and for the servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass as they was as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Sherazar, his son, smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esharadon, his son, reigned in his stead. So the Lord told Hezekiah, don't worry about Sennacherib, I'll take care of him. He's not only going to shoot an arrow in this city. And he couldn't because he lost most of his army, if not all of it, in one night. And it, it wasn't Hezekiah's men that slew the army. It was the angel of God. Uh, we're not told how he slew the army, uh, but we know that 185,000 died that night of the soldiers and um, when it says angel of the Lord a lot of times it's referring to uh, theophanies as it's called or our uh, pre-incarnate Christ as the angel of the Lord and we know in Revelation it says that when he comes back there's going to be a sword in his mouth by which he will slay the nations you know so he didn't have to just go through the camp and stab everybody. All he had to do was speak the word of God and they fell down because the sword is in his mouth, which is uh, showing the power of his uh, speech. And all he, all he had to do was say, you're dead, and they were dead, you know. Cause, uh, so it could have been Christ or just a real mighty angel that uh, spoke the word. So uh, when that happened, it scared Sennacherib. And so he, he said, I'm getting out of here. So, so he went and went back to his hometown where his sons were. And they say it was about 20 years after that 
that uh, the sons rose up and slew him. And that's what Isaiah had said, that, that a sword would take care of him. And it uh, turned out that his own sons slew him. Because what he was worshiping was not the true God. But he had a chance to see the power of God there when he came against Jerusalem. God defends Jerusalem because it is his city. He put his name there, and uh, no matter what threats Iran and, and uh, Hezbollah and all those say they're going to wipe Israel out, no, they won't. They'll find out there's a God of Israel if they try it. <laughs> and uh, we're told even when a, a, in Ezekiel, when a whole, uh, uh, a whole regimen of different nations come against Israel, God is going to rain hailstorms down on them that will destroy them. And uh, that will be the end of that invasion. So, and we have seen in our lifetime, in 1967, you know, that Six-Day War and how the, the, the uh, enemy that was coming against them saw something and fled their tanks and, and <laughs> left. You don't mess with Israel, I guarantee you, because God does have his hand on them. And it said, not because they are so religious, but for David's sake. And notice, and because uh, uh, Judah was in a backslidden condition as far as the nation was concerned, but for David's sake, he went ahead and slew uh, the army that came against Israel, or Jerusalem, I should say. Uh, of course, they didn't really repent and get back to God like they needed to, because they did end up going into captivity in Babylon uh, soon after, well, not soon, but maybe a few years after that. And so um, uh, Israel's kings were all evil. There wasn't a good king among Israel's kings. But in Judah, there was some real good godly men that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so we need to pray for our leadership that they'll do what's right in the eyes of the Lord and not be concerned about politics or, or what their party says or something. All right, we're ready to dismiss. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we do have victory in you. And this is how we fight our battles, by turning it over to you, Lord, for the battle is yours and not ours. And we thank you that, that you will bring us through and that you will be victorious in the end. And we thank you, Lord, for the victory we have in you. And day by day, when we face the enemy, we don't need to listen to his lies or, or get into argument with him but just quote the word of God as you did to Satan there in the wilderness. And we praise you for the service to follow as it's been mentioned in prayer already, that you'll have your way in that service. 
and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.